Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 127, Disney in a Weekend, volume 2. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. Hey, guys, how are we doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. This, this is another uh, redo episode, I guess we can call it. A lot has changed since we uh, since we did this episode. The first, I mean, it's, it's been almost two years since we did this episode the first time. Honestly, I, I, I wasn't sure that we did it. Like, it's been so long, I forgot. I don't know that you actually did. That's, there, that's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it's like the missing, <laughs> the missing Matt tapes. So I will say that, that Matt wrote this outline. It's probably the most well-done outline that we've ever had. So it's quite, it'll be a shame, Matt, if this is, if any of this is new to you, because one, you wrote it, uh, but it, you know, maybe you weren't on the episode. I don't know. I, you know, looking through the outline and we're thinking about two years ago is when we released this episode. Yeah, this is, this is definitely changed. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So we're going to, we're going to talk about how to do Disney in a weekend. If you, if you should do Disney in a weekend, what all you can expect to get done in a weekend. And we're going to go from there. And I do want to uh, kind of lay the groundwork. I, I, I want to assume that these changes that are being put in place with the social distancing and the reservations required to get into the parks and all that kind of stuff, that all that's temporary and that we're going to go back to life the way it was. I don't know that that's going to be the case. We may be stuck with this for a while. Disney may have plans to roll out virtual queues, get rid of FastPass, whatever. But this episode is going to be under the assumption that we go back to the old system. So before we get into that, um, I think we have a little bit of news for this week. So really just some clarifications for the news this week. Uh, Disney's been releasing some information, uh, clarifying some policies, that sort of thing. First on the list, though, the Swan and Dolphin will remain closed through July 29th. Uh, if you remember, the Swan and Dolphin were the really the last hotels on property to close when, when Disney World shut down. And so they are going to be kind of the last to reopen as well. They are currently allowing cancellations and modifications 24 hours in advance through July 5th without penalty. Big news here, guests with park reservations will not be able to park hop. Now, this does not come directly from Disney. Uh, this is from an email from Virgin Holidays, who is claiming that there will be no park hopping through the end of 2020. Again, Disney has not issued any kind of official word on this, but um, I'm sure that they will as we get closer to park open. This is really going to impact people who bought park hopper tickets, right? Because they've paid for a benefit now that they can't use. So hopefully Disney will be refunding those people, of, of which I am one. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. A full list of restaurants has been published that will be reopening on June 22nd. And if you are not there, well, in order to eat here, you're going to have to have a reservation. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to have reduced capacity. You're going to have to follow their their distancing guidelines. So, But notably absent from this list are both Trader Sam's and Ohana at the Polynesian. Disney is also sending out emails to guests with current reservations. Uh, they're being asked to confirm or cancel those reservations by June 12th. So, and they're, they're currently waiving cancellation and change fees for all reservations through October 3rd. This is kind of the kicker for me. Guests with resort reservations are not guaranteed access to the theme parks. So contrary to what 
I guess, kind of Universal has done. Disney is not guaranteeing guests that are staying at their hotels access to the parks. This, to me, is going to make a lot of people think twice about going. I mean, if you're paying $700 a night to stay at the Grand Floridian and you're not guaranteed to get into the parks, I think a lot of people are going to are going to think twice about going and staying at the Grand Floridian. So hopefully we'll get some cl- further clarification on this from Disney. Not great. It, it seems like Universal wants people to come back to the parks. seems like Disney's kind of treating this as, well, we don't care if you come or not. And then finally, Disney's kind of tra- uh, clarified transportation a little bit. Magical Express will resume upon park open, as will bus service with reduced capacity and distancing measures in place. There will be no minivans. Guests will be able to drive and self-park. Really no news about the monorail and Skyliner. I don't see why they wouldn't operate with distancing in place to allow further transportation between the parks and, and between the resorts and the parks. That's all the news we have for this week. So before we uh, before we hear from Kingdom Strollers, I do want to take a second to plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash WDW. If you are so inclined, please do check it out. Uh, we we do release a couple of extra episodes. Once the parks reopen, we get into the parks. We'll, we'll bring you guys some behind-the-scenes exclusives from uh, from Tom's mini Disney trips. Uh, it is a little bit more of an adult podcast than uh, than just our general podcast. So. so when's the next time you're looking at going, Tom? What's the date? Well, I mean, we're I, – I, I don't know. I don't know. With everything that's going on, September probably at the earliest – so September's really I, I don't want to go in the summertime. So I think September is is kind of what we're uh, what I'm looking at right now at least. Right now I've got a trip planned for September, December and January. So anyway, please do check out our Patreon again patreon.com/mendowdw. With that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, so let's talk about how to do Disney in a weekend, and, and if you should do Disney a weekend. And Tom, you and I for sure here are going to need to take a step back and approach this from the position of not going to the park five times a year, or for, for 12 times a year, however often you go. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I'm lucky to get down there three times a year, and it's it's tough for me to get everything that I want to get done in just a weekend, so... Definitely try to take a step back and distance yourself from that when, when we're going through here. I think that's I think that's an important uh, important point to make. The one other point of clarification I need, and and as you can see how prepared we are, we're going to decide this while recording. Is a weekend 
uh, Thursday night arrival? I, I think, uh, yes. And I wanted to start with that point, actually. I, I think that you have to start on, on a Friday. I don't think there's any way possible for you to get to the parks late Friday and just have Saturday and half day Sunday and, and really it be worth your time unless you live in Florida and you're close. So to clarify, we're talking about rope drop on Friday morning. And then when do we when do we leave? When do we leave Walt Disney World? Is it midday Sunday? Is it at are we traveling on Monday? How how are we doing that? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, you're you're traveling Thursday night, so you are you're in the parks all day Friday, all day Saturday, and at least half a day on Sunday. I would say till lunchtime, noon, one o'clock, two o'clock, something like that on, on Sunday. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking of a weekend, two full days in the parks and and then a half day on Sunday. So I think let's start let's start from the beginning of it. I mean, we're we're back to the planning. We're back to where are you staying to maximize both the benefits you receive and access to Disney World efficiency. That that's what if I'm thinking weekend trip, I'm thinking most people want to blow it out, especially if it's one one trip a year. So for me, I'm staying at Deluxe Resort because if you really want to minimize the amount of time that it takes for you to get from point A to point B, you're staying on the monorail loop. You're staying close to the parks. I think at wor- I think worst case you're staying on Disney property. But I think if you really want to maximize your time, especially if you're going to be if you're going to be going to Epcot and to Magic Kingdom, you really want to stay on that mount- monorail loop. And I think a good point there that that um, Pete's kind of hitting on here. It might cost you the same amount of money to stay in a deluxe for you know let's say three nights that it would for you to stay at you know, a moderate for, you know, a longer trip, like a, a seven night trip. So we're just, when we talk about a budget here, you know, this might be an opportunity to go stay at that deluxe resort and just, you know, you're, you know, you're sacrificing something. You're always going to sacrifice something on a shorter Disney, Disney trip anyway. So I kind of like where Pete's head went. Like my, immediately I went to stay at the cheapest place on Disney property to be on Disney property. But I think Pete has a really good point. It's all about maximizing time. And yeah, you're not going to spend a lot of time in the room, but you know, you are getting a huge benefit. So I'm going to take a different a different angle because I do want I do want to have kind of an array of opinions. And Pete, I we've talked about this. I don't fork out the money to stay at a deluxe. Like it would have to be a pretty special trip for me. And I'm trying to even do that when I would only go once a year. So I would stay at a Disney Springs Resort hotel because I don't even want to be tempted with dealing with Disney transportation. N- not dealing with. I don't want to be tempted to, okay, I've paid for this. I want to use it. And and the, the savings that I have staying in Disney Springs, I'm Ubering to every park with the exception of Magic Kingdom. I'm going to Uber to Contemporary there and walk across. But the Uber drop-off is a lot time, uh, most uh, in every park pretty much closer than the bus drop-off. And so that's helping me to get into the parks bright and early. And going back and thinking about it too, you're, you're really, I mean, it's it's not like you're going back and forth to the rooms a lot, right? You're talking about a, a trip in the morning to get to the parks, and you're talking about a trip in the evening once you're done at the park. So really, where you stay is pretty irrelevant. You know, just from a planning standpoint, I think that it is important to get those 60-day fast passes. So so I think you definitely do want to stay on Disney property or at a Disney Springs area hotel, just so that you do get the benefit of those uh, of those additional or the uh, additional 30 days to book fast passes. I think Pete has a really good point there. Um, one of the things, though, that I mean, Tom, maybe you were thinking about this. You have being a annual pass holder, you can book fast passes, right? Without staying on Disney property, no. Okay, I, did I mean, not you know can't thirty days out. It's thirty days out. So I think Pete is, you know, right here with the sixty days. That that extra thirty days that you're going to get is a, is a big benefit. Um, 
lastly, I mean, one of the things I think we, before we move on from where we're staying, if if you guys are making a solo trip, I know we have some listeners that you know are considering solo Disney trips here in the future. Would that change your mind on where you want to stay? Whether you're staying with a group of people where you could actually split that deluxe room rate a little bit, or you know, solo trip, you just want to be as comfortable as possible, as close to the parks as possible. If it's just me, I'm blowing it out. I'm I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna I'm gonna live in luxury. You, you know, Matt, I, I think I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head. I've thought about this wrong in the past. You want to be comfortable on, on your trip because if you're doing Disney hard, you want to have a nice bed to sleep on. You know, a nice shower to shower shower in, and so I, I don't know that I'm doing anything differently if I'm solo because you know it's not going to change for me. I mean, I I, I tend to uh, book comfortably in any case. You know, I'll get a, if there's a group of us going, I'll get a bigger room that it, that it can have four beds in it, right? So there's no doubling up and having to do all that jazz. But that isn't. I mean, Pete. I mean, his first reaction was, "I'm blowing it out." So maybe there are people that are out there thinking. If I'm doing it, if I'm going for me, I'm doing everything I want to do, and I'm and I'm getting the nicest, the nicest room I can afford. And this comes into play too with you know if if you're driving in versus if you're flying in. If if you're driving in, then it really it really doesn't matter if you're off property or on property. If you're flying in, you know, do you want to utilize Magical Magical Express on on the way into the parks? It's it's a great thing. They right, they pick you up at the airport. They they take you. They drop you off right at your resort. The, the problem with it comes when you're leaving at the end of your trip because typically Magical Express is scheduled about four hours before your flight. So if you've got a five o'clock flight, you have to be on the bus no later than about one o'clock. Realistically, if you're Ubering or if you're taking a minivan or whatever you're doing from your hotel back to the airport, MCO is what, a 40, 40 minutes from from the time they pick you up to the time you're walking to your uh, in through security? It's, it doesn't take real long to Uber. It, it, you certainly don't need four hours. So I, I would say that Magical Express is probably probably on the way in is a good thing, but on the way out, you probably want to avoid it. One other thing when we talk about you know staying on or off Disney property, and you guys, you, you'll have to educate me on this one. One of the things that I love about staying on Disney property is the extra magic hours. And if you're on a weekend trip, I mean, I would plan around, I would plan my trip when the extra magic hours are available in the parks I want to go to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it, if it's possible, right? You don't want to you don't want to have to sacrifice just to get the extra magic hours. But I but I think that if you are going and you are only going for a weekend, you know, it's an extra hour in the park that that you wouldn't get otherwise. So yeah, I think you do utilize those if at all possible. And and I want to cut in here. If you're if you're driving or or working out, however you listen to our podcast, You've heard us say stay away from extra magic hours a lot. And we say that from the perspective of we go to Disney, we're fortunate enough to live, uh, at least I am now, Pete, fortunate, or formerly was, but we're fortunate enough to be a drive away. And, and, and Pete has, has an annual pass to come in. I've had an annual pass. So I avoid those because typically it is a more crowded park. But in this type scenario, Matt and Peter are exactly right. You need to utilize extra magic hours because that first hour – is really worth it for attractions. And once we get into the parks later, we can talk about maybe a park hopping opportunity or something because you only have a limited number of days. But that first hour, you can get a lot of stuff. I mean, you can get three attractions done and and uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. So you do get the extra magic hours as well as the Fast Pass benefits staying in the Disney Springs area. You do not get those staying in a good neighbor Disney hotel. So just be, be aware of that. 
So, you know, we've talked a lot about the the planning on the room. You know, we didn't talk a ton about how do you get there. I think most people can make that decision for themselves. It's either if you're in a driving distance, you do that. If you're flying distance, you, you do that, right? You know, I, I don't think uh, there's a ton to tell you there, but where I think we're going to spend the, the bulk of this episode, there's probably going to be some disagreements amongst the group of how you spend your days at Disney World. I know my opinion has changed from the time. If I'm thinking correctly, when we did this, Pandora wasn't even open. So think about how long ago that was. That's a, it's a totally different Disney World now. You have you have obviously Flight of Passage. You have Satuli Canteen as the second best thing in Pandora. Navi River Journey, or maybe the gift shop at Flight of Passage, better than Navi River Journey. And then you have obviously Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge have opened. So you've had a ton of change. I think one of the bigger questions you have to ask yourself right now is when was when is the last time that you've been to Disney and how much are you going to miss potentially not going to the Magic Kingdom or not going to Epcot to go take in these new experiences? Because for some people, they can't go to Disney without going to the Magic Kingdom. But for me, I would skip the Magic Kingdom and Epcot to go experience both of these things. Here, here's, what I, here's what I think. I think that, A, you have to have a park hopper. I don't, I don't think there's any way that you're going to be able to do everything or and not even everything, but do as much as you, you, you want to do without a park hopper. So for me looking at it from a, I, I haven't been here in five years, say, there's two parks that you have to rope drop. And that is, well, there's one that you have to rope drop and one that you probably want to rope drop. The first park that you have to rope drop is Hollywood Studios. If, if you want to get on Rise of the Resistance, you have to rope drop Hollywood Studios one day, correct? Yeah, I mean, th- this is just where it gets tricky because Matt said, I know Matt knows where my head was going. He's like, hey, some people can't skip Magic Kingdom on a Disney. I can't, but it's and, not going to be- not, And I'm not saying we need to. It's not going to be what I rope drop. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But you're not going to rope drop it. You can do, if, if you get, uh, if you rope drop Hollywood Studios- you can be done with the majority of, of things at Hollywood Studios in half a day. Even though it's, it's not really a half-day park anymore, and you're definitely going to miss some stuff. You know, you're not going to be able to see any of the shows. I think, that, I think that you can get into Hollywood Studios. I think you can get a Rise of the Resistance Fast Pass. I think you can go straight over, get on Slinky Dog, hop over and do Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, get a single rider for Falcon Smuggler's Run, well, I forgot Mickey's train wreck in there, so you're, you're going to have to squeeze Mickey's train wreck in there. And Toy Story Mania. But, but those rides don't get super long, at least they haven't got super long lines first thing in the morning. Right, so you can get in there, get, get your Rise of the Resistance, get on Mickey's train wreck, maybe go to Slinky, but depending on how long the line is, get over to Toy Story. So let's do this in a, a bit of an organized manner. Let's right. talk about Friday. Friday is your first day in the park. Keep in mind, you probably arrived late Thursday. I mean, because anyone that is going to Disney for a weekend trip, if they could have squeezed even a half day into the parks Thursday, they would have. So let's say you arrived late Thursday. So, Pete, we'll start with you, then Matt, and then, and then I can bring it up. Friday, what, what park are you going to, and what's your reasoning behind it? So I'm going to start with Hollywood Studios, but I'm not going to book any Fast Passes at Hollywood Studios. And my reasoning behind that is that, for me, getting on Rise of the Resistance is... is Important, right? It's something I want to do. I have not done it. I think the majority of people going to Disney have not done Rise of the Resistance. I mean, because it's been open for such a short time period. So I want to have two potential shots at getting on 
Rise of the Resistance. I want to have Friday morning, and I want to also have Saturday morning as a potential if I don't get on Friday morning. So I'm going to Hollywood Studios Friday morning. I'm going to rope drop Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. Maybe wait in line for Slinky, depending on what the line is at that point. Scoot over, do Rock and Roller Coaster Tower of Terror, single rider Rock and Roller Coaster. Go over and single rider Smuggler's Run. Do my uh, do my Rise of the Resistance, and then I'm going to Magic Kingdom. And Magic Kingdom is where I'm setting my fast passes, and I'll set them, you know, starting two, three, four o'clock, and I'm spending the rest of the day at Magic Kingdom on Friday. All right, so. And I want, I want to remind everyone, that's from the perspective of someone who's ridden Flight of Passage, so he's willing to roll the dice on not being able to rope drop Flight of Passage. So, Matt. No, I'm not. We'll get there. We'll get there. Being that you haven't gone so, either. So, here, here, here's what I would do. Here, here would be my day. Your Friday. So, if I get into Disney World late Thursday night, and I'm 100% going to be really excited. I'm going to be really, really excited. So, I'm probably not going to sleep a whole lot that night. I'll be ready to rope drop anywhere we go. I am going to Animal Kingdom first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rope drop Flight of Passage. One hundred percent. That's my that's my main goal for Friday. And I, I would wait in line a long time to do Flight of Passage as well, potentially, just because I haven't done it yet. I'd be trying to get fast passes. Don't get me wrong. Like I'd be trying to get fast passes. After that, I would head over and do Kilimanjaro Safaris while the animals are up and active in the morning. And after that, I mean, I want to do I want to walk through and enjoy. Um, Pandora. That's that's a that's a big thing on my list. I want to enjoy it. I want to hang out there throughout the day. I I, I can probably pass on Expedition Everest just because I've done it a million times. I, I would try and get on there, but I would be planning to leave Animal Kingdom at about two or three o'clock that day, and then after that, I'd probably head straight over to Epcot, and I go ahead and do Epcot, hang out there until you know. Say let's say I can get there by four. I'm going to try and do, you know, test track, try and do Soren. I'm going to walk through the World Showcase a little bit, you know, hit my favorite spots. And then to end that night, I'm going to Magic Kingdom to watch all the shows. I'm going to go from, I'm going to hit three parks in one day. And I'm not, I'm not worrying about where I'm eating. I'm eating, you know, quick service the entire day. And then I'm going to head over to the Magic Kingdom and try and get there in time for the shows at night. And then that that's my day on Friday. But I've but I've been to Epcot. I've been Epcot a million times. Like I know what to expect in World Showcase. I love it, but you know, unless I'm with a bunch of guys that want to drink around the world, you know, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time in the World Showcase. So I'm gonna do my favorite rides and I'm done with Epcot and Animal Kingdom that day. I just my, my only issue with that, and, and I just want to put this thought in your head too. If you're if you're staying at a Disney Springs hotel and you are staying Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, you can you can book your fast passes sixty days in advance. So even that Sunday, you can book on on the Thursday sixty days in advance. So you know you know the chances chances of you getting a flight of passage fast pass are, are pretty good, in my opinion. I mean, I've never had a problem not getting a flight of passage fast pass. I'm taking the standpoint in my in the way that I'm planning is fast passes are going to be planned out ahead of time and gonna. I mean, I will. I will try and rope drop Flight of Passage because I'm going to try and have a fast pass for that as well. I want to do that at least two times. I think I need to do that at least two times. And then after this, and I would agree with that. I would agree with that. After those fast passes, I'm not that worried about any fast passes in Epcot the rest of the day. And I'm not that worried about the Magic Kingdom because I'm not really going to the Magic Kingdom for rides at at nighttime. I mean, I'll get on the stuff. If I can get on Space Mountain with a fast pass, I'll do it. If I can do single rider lines, you know, anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. If, is there a single rider line anywhere in Magic Kingdom right now? I don't. I didn't think so. There is not. There but, is I mean, not. No. I, I would try and definitely do Splash. I try and do Space. That's probably the rides that 
are the big ones that I'm going to try and hit. And I'll just hit the Haunted Mansion when there's a 25-minute wait. You know, I'll, I'll have a good time. And, and I think you have enough time to do that. I mean, Tom, we finished Animal Kingdom by 11 o'clock, right? So, so yeah, that, I think that's there's enough I time. Say. I, in, in Matt's scenario, I would actually backload his Fast Passes similar to what Pete did. I would hit Animal Kingdom without Fast Passes. I'd rope drop Flight of Passage, try to, try to go two times in a row, because you said you're comfortable waiting. And then I would go over to Expedition Everest, and that line, that single rider line is going to be nothing. There you go, yeah. And and so you and have that. Kilimanjaro Safaris is not that bad first thing in the morning either. I mean, thirty minutes, forty minutes tops. So, so I think you can still be done with that park by 11, 30, 12 o'clock at the latest. Which is perfect timing because that puts me in Epcot earlier, and it gets me you through have, Epcot. You need to eat Satuli though. You need to eat Satuli Canteen while you're there. Don't forget that. Now, now I'm going to take a different direction, maybe a little bit. The the gentleman forgot that they're arriving on Thursday night. <laughs> and I, I'm either I'm either going to Trader Sam's Thursday night or I'm going to Disney Springs. And I'm getting in the Disney mood. And going to Disney Springs to me is it could be going into World of Disney for 20 minutes and then there's like a little margarita stand that plays live music and grabbing that there. Going to Trader Sam's, you know, maybe I watch maybe I watch Happily Ever After from the beach with a uh, with a with a cocktail. So I'm and, definitely and Tom. I think I think you're cheating a little bit here because you know me getting in Thursday night. Like I'm thinking you land at like ten o'clock. Pete, we we did the void at like eleven forty five one night. No, that's that's true. So so that it is open till midnight. You landed at like nine, and we did the void at ten forty five. Seriously, I mean that, we went to Disney Springs. No, I know we, I know we did. So, we had so, dinner and then did the void. Yeah, we, we still had a pretty good time. So anyway, no, but all, all joking aside, I, I love where both their ideas are at because Pete's Pete's pretty much guaranteeing, a, well, not guaranteeing, but giving himself the best opportunity possible for Rise of Resistance. And Matt is saying, hey, Flight of Passage is where my focus is right now. I am probably going Animal Kingdom Friday morning and rope dropping the exact same way that that Matt suggested, and then spending my entire afternoon in Magic Kingdom. The only difference probably for me is that I'm 100% staying through lunch in Animal Kingdom, and I am backloading my Fast Passes in Magic Kingdom, very similarly to how Pete did it. I'm then spending, the and, the, and the I guess the biggest difference, I'm spending the rest of my day in Magic Kingdom. I'm not going to, and maybe, and maybe that's night I go to Polynesian, right? I mean, I, you know, I was kind of kidding earlier, but I'm spending the rest of my day in Magic Kingdom because... You know, Matt mentioned seeing the fireworks show there. Uh, he was going to hop to Epcot first, then Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is my favorite park still. And I think from a, we're going to say it's the, the longest hours at Disney, from a noon to 10 p.m. is a lot of, I mean, or from a 2 to 10 p.m. is a good time in Magic Kingdom. I can also say, just speaking from experience on a weekend trip like this, Pete and I, by the time we got to the Magic Kingdom on our on Sunday, we were pretty much dead. I don't think we enjoyed the Magic Kingdom the way that we normally do. But I think that was because we really packed in a lot to the previous 36 hours, including drinking around the world in Epcot. I think that you kind of have to take a stance on a, on a weekend trip like this. Are you going to drink around the world? And if you are, I don't know what day you do it. Maybe you do it the last day and you just have your flight home. I don't know. Originally, I would say you, you do the Epcot World Showcase Friday afternoon. But there's a huge elephant in the room that's preventing me from saying that, and this is where this has changed. Yeah, you you lose a you lose a rope drop Saturday morning. I feel like if you if you do Which that on Friday afternoon, you can't afford to lose. 
No, I mean, you, so need, you need those rope drops. While, while we're doing this in reverse, Pete, obviously, you know, let, let's go. I'll start for Saturday to make it kind of fair. So Saturday, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm doing Magic Kingdom is because I need to rope drop Saturday for Rise of Resistance. And, that's, and, and I'm spending the entire day Saturday in Hollywood Studios. The whole day, really? If I'm not spending the whole day, you know what? I don't know. I like Galactic Spectacular a lot. Okay, let me. I mean, but but you got Fantasmic too, remember? So that's that's a. I think that's a must see if if you're, you know, if if, if you haven't seen it a million times. In my trip, can I? I'm flying back Sunday. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. yeah. If I'm flying back Sunday, yeah, absolutely. I'm spending the entire day in Hollywood Studios. I think one of the most important things that as we're, and this is a lot of fun. If you guys, if you, if our listeners can't tell, we're having a blast with this because this is the heart of all of us as, you know, Disney goers, like planning a trip, making an itinerary, making it like the best that we can make it. I think one of the biggest questions we have to ask ourselves is where do we want to end every night? What do we want to be watching at night? And I think, you know, I've talked about the Magic Kingdom, whatever they're doing there, I want to see. Fantasmic, I got to see. So I think that's really going to impact my plans because that basically puts me either at Hollywood Studios or Magic Kingdom Friday and Saturday night. One of those two. All right. So Tom, you're spending all day Saturday at Hollywood Studios. Matt, what are you doing on Saturday? And and without it, you know, I don't think it needs to be said. Obviously, I'm booking my fast passes there. I'm rope dropping. Rise of Resistance is, is critical. I'm going to do everything in Hollywood Studios. And everyone who's listening, you don't have to be you just have to be familiar with the My Disney Experience app. You'll have no problem in Hollywood Studios. As long as you get the Rise of Resistance boarding pass, which no one can guarantee, you're going to have no problem doing every attraction. Yeah, I think on on Saturday for me, you know, bear in mind, I hit three parks on Friday. So the only park I have not visited yet is is Hollywood Studios. So I'm I'm pretty much copying Pete's Friday morning. I really do think it's important for me to be in Hollywood Studios to, to try and get on Rise of Resistance as, as quickly as possible, ride it, you know, a few times if possible. And I think after that, I'm still leaving my Sunday open. It's not possible to ride it a few times. Well, uh, you know what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I'm still leaving the possibility <laughs> open for Sunday morning to try and get yes. on there again. Cor- yes. And that, that that's what I'm kind of saying there because Pete said he it, w- it was so important to him that he was going to have Friday, Saturday, and I'm guessing you're going to say potentially Sunday as well, Pete that you really want to ride this and you might even want to go back to ride it, you know, two times in three days. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of copying Pete here. One of the things that longtime listeners will, will remember is I'm a big Hollywood studios fan before star Wars land came and before toy story land came. So riding rock and roller coaster, which I still think is the best roller coaster in Walt Disney world that I've been on. I, I mean, I know a lot of people love slinky dog dash. I haven't done that yet. But I'm excited for it because it wasn't a roller coaster I was excited to do when I when I learned about the drawings and I started researching it. But now it's something I, I got to do. But I, I'm probably going to want to ride. Um, I might spend the entire day in Hollywood Studios, guys. I'm kind of like Tom. I, I just think that I got to see Fantasmic and I can have a leisurely day in Hollywood Studios. And and Matt, there's nothing wrong with saying that anymore because as Pete can attest to. You can spend a lot of time in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, if you if you go in and and I'm looking at this like, hey, it's my one trip a year. You're probably buying like some souvenirs. Maybe if, you're building a lightsaber, yeah, maybe, or building, building a droid, a lightsaber, or something like that. We we haven't done that, but that doesn't mean a lot of. I mean, a lot of people do it. And so, if you're building a lightsaber or doing something like that, like that's an ex, that's an experience that's going to take time. 
And when you talk about that, like in the past, I did say, you know, Hollywood Studios, when, when Pete was saying, I mean, Pete's been saying for two years before all these, you know, Galaxy's Edge came that, and Toy Story Land came that this was maybe not even a half a day park. And I told, I always said, I can spend more time here. I really can. Maybe I go in the afternoon. I don't go, you know, rope drop. But I think for me to explore Toy Story Land, to explore Galaxy's Edge, to still do my favorite rides, I mean, still, you know, hang out on Hollywood Boulevard and walk down to Tower of Terror and spend time in that, those spots. I think it makes it an easy all day park for me in a day that I'm really going to relax because I need that. I mean, Matt, I'll tell you, I spent four hours at Hollywood Studios by myself. And I would say three of that was in Galaxy's Edge, just just wandering around, exploring. You know, I, I think I did, I did go to Oga's in there for about 30 minutes and I did ride Smuggler's Run in there. But I mean, a solid two and a half hours of just exploring Galaxy's Edge. So yeah, ab- absolutely possible to spend all day at Hollywood Studios. No question. And it, it doesn't hurt that you can buy alcohol there too. So I, I'll be having a good time. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the blue milk folks loved me by the end of the, uh, by the, end of the day. So, so for me on Saturday, if, if I didn't get the opportunity to, to get on Rise of the Resistance on Friday, I'm going to rope drop Hollywood Studios again. And, and you know, I may just rope drop Hollywood Studios again regardless. Uh, because even if I'm, even if I, you know, if I don't get on everything that I want to ride on Friday, I've, again, I've got another opportunity Saturday morning to go, you know, rope drop. And maybe if I didn't get to do Slinky Dog on, on Friday, maybe I get to do that Saturday morning. Maybe if I didn't get to do Tower of Terror, I get to do that Saturday morning. So I think that I'm going to Hollywood Studios Saturday morning. I will be out of there relatively quickly, depending on, the boarding group and I will be going to Epcot and spending the rest of my day at Epcot. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to book any fast passes at, uh, at Hollywood studios for Saturday. All my fast passes are going to be at Epcot. I would say that I would spend the majority of the day at Epcot, but I may be like Matt here in that I sneak over, you know, seven o'clock, seven thirty after dinner to magic kingdom to, to end the night at magic kingdom with, Whatever I can get a fast pass for, a splash mountain, a space mountain, you know, whatever. Maybe even a dessert party if I'm feeling froggy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can't. I love that day. You know, Pete, I like the idea of you did rise of resistant, uh, rise of resistance at least the first day. My biggest, like, I, I have physically made myself feel sick two different times. Uh, the only two times I've done rise of resistance because of the anxiety Worry, I have. Worrying about it, yeah. You know, the first time I went, it was certainly. I had my mom and, and wife with me. I mean, I would have given my ride up to them to do it. And then the next time we go with my in-laws and and my wife's grandparents. And it's like, how am I going to get eight people? And they they know I do a Disney podcast. Like, oh, he'll be able to, you know, I'm sure he can. And it's just, you get, you get anxiety over it. So going to Hollywood Studios, I've told you this. I don't even, like if, if we were to go, if we were gone in June, I would have probably gone at opening and not even stressed about Rise of Resistance. And if you got it, have fun and I'll go do my own thing. And so I like that idea of if you go back just to, I mean, maybe you like Mickey's runaway railway. Maybe I do. Or maybe I, maybe I rope drop Mickey's runaway railway on Friday and Slinky Dog was at 60 minutes when I got off that. So I just went over to Tower of Terror, which, which is an extremely likely thing to happen. So maybe I go and I rope drop Slinky Dog Dash instead on, on Saturday, but it gives me two opportunities to do it. And, and Epcot right now is a mess. And and I think so. The mo- the bulk of my time would be spent at, at World Showcase. But I think that you know, even if you get there at, 
at 12 o'clock, one o'clock, like that's plenty of time. Six, seven hours in, in, uh, in Epcot is plenty of time. You don't even need, I mean, probably you don't need that much time, right? Didn't we talk about getting there at two o'clock? We had initially planned, I think we planned a little bit, I think we planned about noon but, but getting there. It opens at 11. Yeah, the World Showcase opens at 11. So, I mean, we're talking an hour, hour, two hours after it opens, getting to World Showcase. And and we still felt like that was plenty of time. I think you can – I don't remember how quickly you and Matt did World Showcase last time, but I think you can make it – you can speed up the process or you can drastically slow it down. I mean, we were – it was 4 It was four o'clock we were out of there, right? I mean, it was 11 to 4. We got stuck in a lot – like in a long rain, rain spell. I mean, it was like kind of a thunderstorm. Which don't get me wrong, we had a blast. We were just hanging, <laughs> hanging out at the bar in the UK. Just I mean, what for an hour, two hours, maybe I don't even know how long we were there. But and then we just made that short walk over to Hollywood Studios. Like it's really not a bad walk you, at you all. You say short say. walk. It was a lot longer than I think you remember. It was a it was a short walk going from Epcot to Hollywood Studios. It was not a short walk when we parked at Hollywood Studios in the morning and walked over to Epcot. That that that's a good point. So Tom, what are what are you doing? Did you already say? Yep. So I, let let's do a quick recap. So so my plan was Friday, I was going rope drop Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom, in my day there, and then Saturday I was all day in Hollywood Studios. Matt, I think you were an identical plan. Uh, minus you you were you your first day you were going Animal Kingdom, Epcot, then Magic Kingdom. Exactly. And then Saturday Hollywood Studios all day. Yep. And Pete, your plan was. Rope dropping, Hollywood Studios. And then on to Epcot. Okay. So now we're on to Sunday for everybody. And I think it's obvious for me. I asked a pretty important question and I asked Pete, am I am I flying home? And why did I ask that? Because I had to figure out when I was going to go to Epcot. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Epcot Sunday. And this is not a joke about, hey, I just want to go to the World Showcase. This is seriously, Epcot is, Epcot's a shell of itself. I would hate for someone to be taking a first trip to Disney World, at least in the state that I saw Epcot in, in the last weekend of February. I can't imagine it's going to be, and this is not a knock on Disney, because that would be really hypocritical. We've asked, hey, Disney, let's let's revamp the parks. Let's improve them. And this is what it looks like. I mean, there's a lot of construction going on in Epcot. And so I'm really, really excited for what will come eventually, maybe not on the timetable that we had hoped, but I'm, I'm spending all of Sunday in Epcot. And, and this for me is regardless if I got to ride Rise of Resistance or not, because I have personally done it. In a scenario that I hadn't done it, I'm rope dropping Hollywood Studios again. In a scenario that you don't get to do it, you don't spend the whole day in Hollywood Studios. You go hit Epcot that afternoon, then you rope drop it again the next day. So that that's my Sunday. So I'll go next. I think Pete's going to have a pretty, a pretty great Sunday here. For me, obviously, I'm going to spend my entire day in the Magic Kingdom. If I, if I can only be there... Until maybe what Pete we said about two o'clock is when we have to leave. I'm 100% planning my fast passes in accordance. I'm gonna try and get Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, and I'm gonna try and you know get another fast pass throughout the day for um, uh, probably Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to get a fast pass for that. Those are the three rides I'm gonna definitely hit while I'm in the Magic Kingdom. But like I said, I'm hoping to get to the Magic Kingdom Friday night with enough time to do you know, Haunted Mansion, do all the quick rides, Pirates of the Caribbean, do Jungle Cruise. I, I do enjoy doing those attractions at night, especially. I'm going to try and get on Splash Mountain that Friday night because I do like riding Splash Mountain at night. I, mean, I like riding all the rides at night. What am I talking about? <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll spend my entire day in the Magic Kingdom on Sunday. I'll head out about, head out about two o'clock. So I'm going to 
well, they take a step back. If I hadn't in the last two days gotten onto Rise of the Resistance yet, I have Sunday morning also available to try to rope drop. And let me cut in real quick here. It's I don't want to say it's likely that he would not have been able to ride it, but there's a 100% chance just because I've been fortunate enough to be two for two. That does not guarantee if you get the first time. Remember, the first time I went, I was in line at 5.15 a.m. And that was when it did matter when you got in the park. Now it's not like that. And now this the second time we had a party of eight and we had two totally different boarding groups. And Disney was polite enough to put us in the same one. So, Pete, continue on. I just wanted to make, make it's not a far-fetched thought that he unfortunately could miss it two days in a row. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's why I again I'm giving myself three chances to to get on it. I would I would hope by now that I've been on it. So, if I have, I will be going straight to Animal Kingdom, rope dropping, flight of passage, hopefully have another fast pass for flight of passage, so be able to ride that twice. And I'm just spending the entire day at uh, at Animal Kingdom, probably going to fly out. You know, I probably have to leave the parks by one o'clock, two o'clock, something like that. So that's that's a good amount of time to spend at uh, at Animal Kingdom is, you know, until one or two o'clock. Eat lunch at Satuli. Although I, I've i really been kind of craving some flame tree, too. I, I know that Satuli is better, but, I, but I've really been craving some flame tree barbecue. You know... You can do that if you want to. But can I? Maybe I eat two lunches that day. I get I get an early lunch at, at Flame Tree, and then I get a late lunch at Satuli. It sucks that they're that you know what I consider two of the best quick service restaurants at Disney World are both at Animal Kingdom, and it's not a park that I'm going to spend multiple days at. So we're done. We're done talking what parks we're going to. Let's talk a little bit about food. Yeah. I mean, we haven't. I know Matt said he was going to blaze through it. Before we get to food really quick, one thing that I think is really important to remember, I don't know about you guys, but when it gets like the last two to three hours of my Disney trip, I start like getting sad. I start getting, you know, a little bit anxious. Now I'm, I'm always thinking about the things I missed out on. So what's something that you would, you would plan to, you know, in your Disney trip right on? So like for me, like I'll be in the Magic Kingdom. I'm going to want to spend some time on Main Street just because I probably haven't had the opportunity to really do a good job of it. You know, unless I walked through the Main Street shops on my way, you know, out of the park Friday night. But maybe it's I want to get on, I want to get on Splash Mountain. So I say at, at noon, I'm going over to Splash Mountain. I'm just going to wait and stand by line. Or I want to get on Space Mountain or I want to do whatever it is. So Pete, like it sounds like for you, you're going to be in Animal Kingdom, and what's the one thing that you're going to want to make sure you do? Is it to go get that second lunch? Is it to, like, if you really put put yourself in that sh- in those shoes right now and say twelve o'clock came, I know I have two hours. What is my you know flip a coin in the air? What do you want it to land on? Yeah, I I, I either want to uh, I either want to go eat lunch at at Satuli Canteen, and it may not be a second lunch, but. I definitely want to eat lunch at Satuli Canteen, or I want to try to get on Pandora or on uh, Flight of Passage again. I, mean, I think that's a, those those are both great things to uh, to end the trip on. Oh, hundred percent. It's like what I just said. Like you know, at noon, I'm looking and saying, "Crap, I only have 120 more minutes here." I'm probably going to go try and get in line at Splash Mountain, and then spend any time I have extra, you know, strolling down Main Street, taking one last look at the castle. So, Tom, where are you again on Sunday? That's my biggest issue with my Sunday plan. But it's out there. My my weekend planned. My Sunday ends at Epcot. And and so what are you reason, doing at Epcot from twelve to two? Oh I, oh I'm I'm living the world showcase in fast track. <laughs> Pete's making a really funny gesture. But seriously, I mean I want I want it to be different. If I had to pick a plan that wasn't mine here, I'm probably picking Pete's plan. But that's my I mean, what what attraction am I going to ride? I'll, t- I'll tell you what that, I'm going to do. 
Pete. I'm going to go ride Journey to your imagination. <laughs> pretty, feeling pretty good. After you look at the bunnies, of course. Guys, I'm dying laughing right now and the, and the other guys can see it. I'm just imagining how much money Tom spends in his last two hours at Epcot World Showcase. It is a lot of money because I've I seen am- him about to like leave a trip. And he gets he gets sad. He gets fear fear of missing out, and he's just gonna go crazy. So so Matt has seen me when my real FOMO hits. I mean, there's a chance I just don't leave. I mean, I just don't return home. But in this scenario, we have to we have to come back Sunday. But let's talk a little bit if we have some time, just a little bit about the food uh, throughout your part. I, I can go first, and I can run through it pretty quickly. Animal Kingdom. I'm eating Satuli Canteen. I'm in my night in Magic Kingdom. If you say Casey's probably, Corner, I'm going to reach to the screen and slap you. No, I, I'd probably try and... I mean, seriously, I've never done the BR Guest dinner, so I'd probably try and get that. Uh, again, I'm trying to balance out the fun and the luxury of Disney a little bit, and and I, that'd be my favorite restaurant to eat at in, in Magic Kingdom. As I look at Saturday Hollywood Studios, I'm 100% doing some some time at Oga's, and, and you really struggle for food here. So I'm going to eat ABC Commissary, and I'm probably going to eat a Ronto wrap. And then Sunday at Epcot, what about, I'm going to go. What about Docking Bay 7 at, uh, at Hollywood Studios? I think that's, I mean, I I think have, that's a, a decent option now. I have been in Docking Bay 7, and I'll tell you like that. We were pretty hungry last time we went in there. I had a group of about six people. We elected to buy drinks and go get Ronto wraps. So the, they do have unique drink offerings in there. Like That was pretty cool, and it's air-conditioned. It's big. They're seating. But we just had a drink there, and they had water stations set up everywhere. So we, we had we we you know kind of pounded some water there, and then and then and then went and got a Ronto wrap. And then Sunday, obviously, Epcot. I'm not going to be there for a dinner reservation type opportunity, so I'm going to eat a lot of egg rolls from uh, pork rolls, spring rolls, whatever they call them in China. And then I'm just going to eat around the world showcase. I think for me, like I said, I'm gonna hit all the quick you know the quick restaurants. I'm gonna kind of grab and go. I think you need to have at least one good Disney meal, and I'd pick somewhere. I mean, for me, since I'm spending so much time in Hollywood Studios, I'd probably find a place in Galaxy's Edge that I haven't eaten before and just, you know, really get a good good meal. Yeah, Hollywood Studios is hard because there's no good food there at all. But um, but I agree. I'm I'm eating quick service, you know, Friday, somewhere at Hollywood Studios, Docking Bay 7, Rana Roasters, whatever, you know, Magic Kingdom for dinner. Maybe maybe it'd be our guest dinner Friday night. Who knows? Epcot, I will probably I will probably eat quick service for dinner. Probably just get some fish and chips from uh, from the UK Pavilion, and then yeah, Saturday at uh, or Sunday at Animal Kingdom, either Satuli or Flame Tree. I don't know. It's it's up in the air. Probably Satuli though. Well, that's that is Disney. You know, it's a lot of Disney in a weekend right there. All right. So assuming that all three of us are not going to be able to go on this trip together, based on what you've heard, and I'll let I'll let you guys go. Who is the one person you would not want to go on a weekend Disney trip with from this podcast? I, I don't I don't think that I, I look, I mean, I never have a bad time at Disney. It doesn't matter. No, I take that back. I had a bad time at Disney once. And it was because it was New Year's Eve and it was it was miserable. You couldn't do anything. We went I went with a girl that I was dating and we waited in line for I believe it was test track for four hours, and that was the only attraction that we rode. Plus, her parents were teetotalers, and I couldn't drink, so it was it was not a it was not a fun time at, at Epcot for me. You know, I I don't know that I I I actually don't dislike anyone's plan. I think Matt's plan is the most ambitious because of the three parks in on Friday, but I don't hate it. If I had to choose one of you to not go with, I'd have and this I'd have to pick Pete, and here's why: 
I haven't been to Disney with Matt in years. And to walk walk through Disney as much as it's changed since Matt's been there, I I mean, you just there's nothing like going to Disney with someone for the first time. And it would almost be like Matt's. I mean, because he hasn't seen Galaxy's Edge, Pandora, or Toy Story Land. Well, I mean, think of think of the uh, think of the Mendu Disney trip, the first Mendu Disney trip. We went with two guys who had really never been to Disney, and and they're both converts now, right? Huge. Hu- I mean, one of them is an annual pass holder, and the other one will literally slip down for a trip any chance he can get when we're going. So to to answer the question, and it was, like I said, it was my question originally. I wanted to get you, your your takes on it. Well, I would love to go on a trip with Thomas. I would actually say that. It, I'd pick to not go with Thomas. And it's only because I trust Pete to get me on every freaking ride that I have not been on. And it doesn't matter like if, if, if he's a slave driver. I don't care. It doesn't matter how mean he is to me when we go on the trip. I'm going with Pete because I'm going to get on every ride, whether it means waking up at 4 a.m., putting your tennis shoes on, and going. We're get, I'm getting on everything. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on Pete and also brag on myself. There's no one better at driving a Disney trip to every attraction than Pete. My wife's a close second, but Pete's much more rude when he tries to wake you up. Like you're you're not going to keep <laughs> sleeping until Pete actually leaves the room. And and then the second the second thing, you know, Pete brings a ton of energy energy to the trip. He's never going to let. I mean, I, I've been in the parks when he feels terrible and he still keeps it moving. But I, I do want to say one thing about me. I can get you on every attraction. I just don't really care. Like I don't care enough to sit on the app all day. You let you let other people do it, and that's you know I I love I absolutely love getting on there and and hunting for fast passes, and I, you know I I want everybody to have a good time. Like whoever I'm on the trip with, like I want to make sure that they they have the best time possible, and that they get to do as much as they can. And and I would say Pete said I let a lot of people do it. I'm a fairly easy Disney guest. Like I'm pretty amused by everything at Disney, and so fortunately, my wife and Pete both think it's this great puzzle and game to to win. So we keep riding the best attractions. And I, they, could, they could be like, "Hey, we have a fast pass for Goofy's Barnstorm." I'd be like, "All righty, <laughs> let's do it." One of the things I do like about both of you guys, I mean, think about it. How many people have y'all been to Disney with in the last since we started the podcast? I mean, a lot, a lot, yeah. a ton. And one I, thing that you both do. One thing that you both do is make sure that everyone finds a way to enjoy Disney. And I think that's that's fun because we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't want everyone to feel the same same emotions and the same feelings for Disney World that we do. And it's only possible because you guys care that much and it just it just shows. I can guarantee that anybody, even even uh even some of the guys that I mean we all know that talk all kinds of crap about Disney. I guarantee you that if they came on a Disney trip with us, they would have a good time and they would, they would thoroughly enjoy it. So you can, you can say whatever you want about Disney, but I guarantee you that if you go with me, I'm going to make you have a good time. Yeah. I think you'll have a good time organically. Not he's going (laughs) to physically make you have a good time. I will force it down your throat. So my mom actually listened to the last podcast. uh, Maybe it was two or three podcasts ago. But we were talking about like our favorite foods in Disney World, and we kind of touched on that a little while ago when you mentioned your restaurants. I'm not going to Walt Disney World and not getting a turkey leg, by the way. Especially if I'm spending two days in the Magic Kingdom, I'm getting a turkey leg. What's the one thing y'all y'all can't go without? That's a little thing, not like a restaurant, but a blood orange margarita. I I have I couldn't tell you the last time I went to Disney World and did not get a blood orange margarita. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a tipsy ducks in love for me, and a close second to Tuli Canteen. 
Yes, the Tuli Canteens, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I skipped that either. And, and it doesn't matter. We definitely forced Satuli Canteen last last trip because it was 11 o'clock and we went to Satuli Canteen and ate lunch. But, I mean, it was going to happen, right? Well, that's a weekend in Disney. Yeah. If, if, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to send us an email, shoot us a text, whatever. Be glad to answer them. But I, I, I guess to answer the initial question, is it possible to do a weekend in Disney and, and you know, experience and, and have a full weekend and experience a lot? I mean, I think I think we just talked through it. I think it's definitely possible. The the only thing that felt, and I'm I'm being truthful here, the only thing that felt a touch ambitious was three parks in one day, because I think transportation in between them is something we didn't necessarily account for. But other than that, I don't think we had an idea that couldn't be accomplished. And and I know we were probably all over the board, and listeners are going to be sitting here now, like, well, what you what did you guys say? But but seriously, I, I think it was a pretty – I mean, Pete, those are weekends that we've seen. Done. We've, we've had we've, listeners we've tell done us. Them. We, we've seen listeners write in and say, here's my plan. What do you think? And then we say, well, let us know how it went. And they're like, hey, it worked. And just remember, guys, you're talking to to Matt here. And Matt is very ambitious and very energetic. And Matt might not be able to do three parks in one day. But it's one of those things that I would definitely try for. And if you think you got the mental fortitude and the – just energy to do it. Go for it. I mean, go for four parks in a day. Do it all. So, so what are we what are we missing out on? I mean, obviously, we're not spending any time at the resorts. None of the restaurants or bars at the resorts. Uh, we're not spending any any length of time at Disney Springs or the Boardwalk, and and we're not really hitting any table service restaurants. Although you you could build a table service restaurant in there if you if you so desired. But you know, you you pick your battles. If you're going to Disney for a weekend and and you don't get down to the parks a lot. I mean, you want to spend the bulk of your time in the parks, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Anything else to say? I think I th- we're good. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, Tom, what do we got? Secret and trivia question for the week. All righty. Going to the secret of the night. Um, I'm sure you knew the Liberty Square is full of hidden gems referencing American history. But one of our favorite details can be seen in one of Liberty Square's buildings. If you look closely in the windows, you will notice two lanterns. This is, of course, referencing the poem, Paul Revere's Ride, that included the famous line, one if by land and two if by sea. The two lanterns are indicating that the British are coming by sea across the Charles River and not by land via the Boston Neck. That just goes to show you that the Disney difference is real and, and their detail. You don't see that everywhere. Um, so that Liberty Square, you could spend a ton of time. There, there's a lot of American history. I don't want to call them hidden gem secrets references throughout all of throughout all of Liberty Square so it definitely is worth spending some time but going to the trivia question of last week trivia question of last week was as you entered the original Star Tours staging area it's since been changed you would notice the mechanical birds past the second G2 droid these birds may look familiar as you've also seen them on what other Disney World attraction it of course is Pete's favorite it was Splash Mountain that was a tricky one and I we didn't have, I don't know if we had anybody get this one right. Maybe one or two people. But that one was a tricky one. Hopefully this week's is a little bit easier. So going to the trivia question of this week. What attraction's queue can you find the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? So this is what would be called like an, an Easter egg at Disney World. There is a queue where the, you can find the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Of course, you can tweet us at Mindu. WW podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your guesses. I uh, look forward to 
all the participation this week. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDWPodcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. She is exceptionally great.